0: Listener Production. Hi, I'm Jo Stanley and this is Best of You in the House of Wellness. With the help of mindfulness coach Emma Murray, this podcast teaches us how to shift our thoughts and control our emotions so that we can overcome life's daily challenges, the ones we expect and the ones we never saw coming. Professor Brené Brown says, vulnerability is not weakness, it's our greatest measure of courage. No one embodied that more than AFL Premiership player Brandon Alice when he stood before his teammates at Richmond Footy Club and shared some of the most painful parts of his life story. In this episode, we'll hear how that vulnerability formed the basis of his daily mindfulness practice that then got him through the lowest of lows in his career. And then as always, M gives us a mindfulness exercise and this time we're diving into sweet, life-changing gratitude. Brandon Ellis, thanks for joining us. How are you?
1: Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm good. I'm pumped.
0: <laughs> I'm pumped too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for those of us who aren't um, necessarily footy fans, can you give us a sense of what footy means for you?
1: Oh, yeah, I guess you know, my life really revolves around football. Um, I've played since I was four years old. You know, it was a dream to, to get drafted and to play AFL. And um, obviously the Tigers gave me the, the chance as an 18 year old. Um, I was there for eight years. And now, you know, I'm up here at the Suns for, you know, the next five years at least, um, you know, but I absolutely love football. You know, it's given me everything that basically I've got in my life. So yeah.
0: What sorts of things has it given you?
1: Um, obviously, it's given me a chance to, to buy my first house, to, um, to obviously look after my family. Um, we, I grew up in commission flats um, my whole life. So as soon as I said to, I'd get a bit of money, I told my parents I'd get them out of there and, and help pay for a rental. So my mum has allowed me to do that. It's allowed me to travel. Um, it's allowed me to meet so many beautiful people, and Emma Murray. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's just, you know, giving me this new life and um, it's just a great opportunity.
0: Has it shaped the person that you are?
1: I think so. Um, definitely the last couple of years. Yeah, I think, you know, I'm really a loving person, a real family orientated person. Um, and you know, I just try and sort of live my life around that.
0: So when you belong to a team like in a normal workplace, M, Um, you know, you're across your roles and your responsibilities and, and, you know, you've got your job description and your position in the organisation and I'm figuring, you you know what your role is at the club, right?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I hope (laughs) so. so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But the difference is in in a normal workplace, your boss can't come in and say, oh, by the way, so you know how you had that role where you were this sort of level in the team, now we're dropping you to, you know, Uh, just below that. Sorry. With no warning whatsoever, which is effectively what happened to you, isn't it, Brandon?
1: Yeah, so you know, I had a pretty smooth run for six years at the Tigers and then, um, yeah, the start of 2018, um, I think it was round five, I, uh, yeah, got the call up and I got dropped for the first time in my career, um, which was, And yeah, by
0: dropped, that. can you explain what that means?
1: Um, so I just got left out of the AFL squad. So I think I played 120 or 130 games of AFL in a row and then, yeah, to, to sort of be dropped to the VFL and not, you know.
2: I think people don't understand that sometimes. That's what I that mean. Like it's yeah. In an AFL Massive. club, you have 40 people on the list. 44 players, 44 yeah. players on the list, but only, you know, Twenty two are selected. Yeah, and imagine in your job mm. at the end of each week, you're getting called in front of a group of people. So, how many people mm. decide in match committee? There's like oh, 10, oh, 10, ten or 10 fifteen. Pe- fifteen yeah. people sit around a table at the end of the week and go, "Okay, let's look at Jane's performance today." Um, or oh, she didn't do this very well. She didn't do that very well. Let's call Jane in. Actually, Jane, you um, are not going to be the marketing manager this week. You've yeah. been dropped down to the whatever position every
0: single week. It's pretty really, its when you really think of it in those terms, and that's why that's why i was sort of building that picture. It is really barbaric in yeah, a lot it's <laughs> of ways. Yeah, it's pretty
1: tough because yeah, I guess each week. Um, you know, you're going out there and you're trying to perform a role and if you don't perform, you know, on a weekly basis, you're, you know, a chance to, to get dropped because the next person below you might be playing better so they're going to come up. So, you know, you're never really safe. You're always on edge. There's so much pressure on you to perform mm-hmm. and, and to do the best that you can every single week. So um, it's a pretty brutal industry that we, that we live and play in.
0: So you got dropped and we're talking about change today. It was a pretty yep. massive change that you had to adjust to. How yeah. did you go with it at that time?
1: Yeah, it was. Um, I, I guess I just I felt a lot of things. I felt embarrassed. I felt like I let my family down. I felt like I let my girlfriend down. Um, you know, and it hurt. Um, I felt like I let my teammates down. But, yeah, I sort of just... Um, you know, sort of knew what I had to work on. So I went back to the VFL and worked on that. As in
2: your skill or whatever your play was, your form, I should say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was
1: just a couple of things in my game. But we're talking like
2: (laughs) you miss a ground ball. You drop because we need you to get better at ground balls. I missed one ground ball. Yeah. So
1: that was sort of the big thing hanging over me. Um, I could do like 20 good things in a game and then there was just one or two things that would stick in the coach's mind. And Yeah, unfortunately, I got dropped for that. And it just comes down to sort of accepting it and not fighting with it. And just one thing or another thing that I've learned as well, um, it's just things you can control and things that you can't control. Um, Obviously, I couldn't control, um, obviously, the coach's selection of dropping me. But what I could control was um, how am I, you know, going to get better and how am I going to get back in this team? So, um, you know, once I learned how to sort of differentiate both of those, um, you know, everything was just really clear to me. Yeah, I'd sort of, I work on that sort of every single day, whether it's, you know, what I need to perform in the field or whether it's just everyday life, I, you know, just things that you can control and things that you can't control. Um, it's just huge.
0: So talking about that then, the can control and can't control, what is, the, what is the process that allows us to step away from the anger or the embarrassment or the hurt to be able to go, okay,
2: what can I control? What can't I control?
0: How do we do that?
2: Yeah. Well, one, it's really hard. So. Yes. <laughs> so, it's practice. Um, yeah, yeah, and 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 it's practice. It's hard and it's practice. So it is like not in one moment that I get it right and then I'm it's, I've moved on, right? So it's not Brandon just one moment going, okay, well, this happened and now I'm going to focus on what I can control and boom. <laughs> mm. It's like this constant wrestle. Mm. It's constant so you must have awareness when you've gone to the stuff outside of your control. If we don't have awareness around that, we cannot pull ourselves out of that. So it all starts with self-awareness and knowing what, and having some awareness around what it looks like and feels like and sounds like for me when I'm going to those stuff that's outside of my control. So it doesn't always sound like that's not fair. You know, I've done this and they're not seeing that. It doesn't always sound like that. It might actually show up in you in that I'm not training as hard and I'm going out and getting, and Brandon didn't do any of this, but I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm going out and I'm drinking more and mm-hmm. I'm, you know, um, I'm not doing this and you've got to look for signs that says my attention obviously is sitting on that. It's not fair. It's wrong. It's not okay. This is, you know, for someone else when they're focused on the stuff that's out of my control, like a a lot of um, managers or parents, they start micromanaging everything. (laughs) And if I can you know, clean my kids' hands here and not let them go there and not let them do this and stop them doing that, then they'll be safe and they won't get sick. And, you know, so it can show up in so many different ways. We have to start having the courage to look at our own behaviour and just seeing where it comes from. Once we catch it, then we can pick it up and go, okay, well, we can accept that, you know, Brandon used that word acceptance and other people in other episodes have used that word acceptance. Except that, yeah, this situation sucks. Mm. And and he had to accept, I can do all this work and still not get put back in.
0: And so in the middle of 2019, you were also told. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we've got that We whole. haven't got to the biggest change <laughs> of why you're now at the Gold Coast Suns. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, halfway through the year in 2019, I sort of knew that I had to find a new home and you know, having to meet other clubs and then having to wrestle with trying to stay in the 22 every single week and just not knowing where I was going to end up. Um, yeah, it was it was a huge battle, but, you know, all the tools that I've learned over the years sort of help keep me really grounded and help me just, you know, keep my focus on track.
0: So what things are in that toolbox? Mm.
1: Oh, just obviously being aware of my thoughts and where they're going. So, obviously we're wired to to go to the negative and think negative all the time. And, you know, I know how to catch my thoughts now and and how to, you know, bring them back to just be present in the moment, um, Mm -hmm. which is basically um, you only have one focus. So if I start making up these stories in my head, um, I can just go back to my breath, which will just break that thought pattern. And then I can just really, you know, go elsewhere with that story or um, just sort of be really present. In the moment, um, I might just tell myself what I'm grateful for. So then I just sort of forget about that story straight away, um, and then you know I'll start smiling again, and life's good. Um, <laughs> so yeah, simple. that's just, you that's just of. You do make it sound simple, but it's a <laughs> lot of
0: practice to get to that. Yeah. Oh, it is, and
1: just it's just like you know, oh, it's just so untapped to like our mind is just so untapped because we we do so much training in the gym, we work all these other muscles, but we just don't work, you know, our brain, you know, half as much as we should um you know it's the most powerful muscle in our body and the more we can work on that just like we do when we go to the gym when we work in our upper body and a lower body um the more i guess you're going to be able to you know have all these tools in your kit bag so when this sort of stuff does happen you know how to get yourself out of it and you know how to get back to being present in the moment
2: mm.
0: So, a big part of your story, Brandon, has been written a lot about, um, and you've spoken a bit about it, was the yeah. moment in 2017 when you shared your history with your teammates. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us about what happened there?
1: Yeah, it's 2017 camp. I think we were up here on the Sunshine Coast. Mm. Um, yeah, this, it was called the Triple H, so it stood for Hero, Hardship and Highlight. Um, and the th- theme was, if my teammates really knew me, then they'd know this about me. And I'd been at the Tykes for six years and... I think maybe only one or two, you know, blokes had had known sort of my story. Um, so I was, I think, first off the rank. I got up there and was absolutely shitting myself because <laughs> I, I hate public speaking and like, and I was just about to tell my story and like, I didn't know how the boys were going to react or the coaches. And um, I spoke about my hero just being my dad <clears throat> when we were younger. He had a uh, kidney cancer. They had to take um, one of his kidney out and, you know, that was all right and then a few years later he got his cancer back it came back in his throat um, and they said that it was too far gone that they couldn't get rid of it and you know, they had like less than a year to live so you know sort of my life got turned upside down there and so did, you know, my mom brother and sister as well and then they said look you can do the treatment but i don't think it's going to help and dad's like nah you know i'm a fighter I've got two, uh, three kids to look after still, and a wife. So um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm d- gonna do it, and we'll see what happens. And yeah, six months, I think of like hard chemo and radiotherapy. Um, basically, killed the lump in his throat and got rid of it. And dad's still here today. <laughs> so you know, I spoke about that as him, dad being my hero because he just never stopped fighting and never gave up when basically he got told by the professionals that. You know, you have to give up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that went on to my hardship, which I, looking back now, I don't see it as a hardship. Mm-hmm. I just see it as like, you know, it shaped me into who I am today. You know, I grew up in commission flats my whole life in Carlton with my brother, sister, mum and dad. Um, I shared a room with my brother until I got drafted. Um, so that was pretty, at the time, I thought it was pretty hard because all my mates had houses and backyards mm-hmm. and nice cars and had dogs and, know, the newest shoes, the newest footy boots hmm. and, you know, I was just sort of, you know, just that kid from the hood, as you wanted to say. Um, but, you know, so I, I said that as my hardship, but, you know, looking back now, um, I sort of see it as like I had so much fun. I met so many like cool people there, two of my best mates that I'm, I'm still best mates now with. I met there and um, I guess it was just different. Um, I guess I just wanted to have what all my other mates had, mm-hmm. um, which I... You know, I couldn't at the time. But, yeah, so I guess that was sort of my hardship that I spoke about. Um, And then I guess no one knew that story because I guess I was just so ashamed Mm. by it. I was embarrassed that I was poor. You know, I got classified as a poor person because I lived in flats. So, yeah, and then my highlight obviously was getting taken by the Tigers in the, I think, 2011 draft, being able to, like, help me live out my childhood dream. Um, So... So the my three things that I spoke about,
0: and I know that uh, you know the reaction in the room was pretty mm. emotional.
1: Yeah, um, I guess I looked up after I stopped reading off my phone because I couldn't just blurt it out like <laughs> I have now because I just needed like dot points. Um, you know, a few of the boys are crying, a few of the coaches, and then like I started tearing up and I was like, I just felt like there was just a huge monkey off my shoulders. Like I could just be me now, and this is. You know, I do things the way I do them because of you know my past experiences, and like this is who I am, um, and I've just been me ever since. So,
0: um, <laughs> why why was that significant for Brandon when you talk about the tools that he had in his box when he, all this change happened and you know things were really kind of being thrown at him right left and centre? Yeah. Why was that moment
2: well, profound? So it was a really vulnerable moment, and <laughs> um, <laughs> my God, um, and you know we think that vulnerability is a weakness like if i'm if i show people that um you know i'm worried about this or emotional about that or scared about this that then i'm a weak person but when we actually own this is who i am and this is where i'm come from and i'm still good enough and i'm still worthy enough to be here and i'm still worthy enough for your love and your support and your everything then it becomes a real power and it becomes a real power Um, in that it creates such connection with other people. And so by Brandon, like, taking off this mask of perfectionism and I'm doing this right and that right, it meant that he can show up um, and, and, and in that moment that he saw that love and support from his teammates, it meant now that he could go into each moment, whether that's on the field or at training, and he knew that if I got it wrong or... I wasn't perfect or I wasn't a superhero, you're still going to love me Mm. and you're still going to support me and you're still going to have my back. And when we uh, feel like that in a relationship or or in a job, then we start taking risks. Then we start becoming creative. Then we start, you know, bringing our full self to the moment rather than just the supposed good bits to the moment.
0: Mm. So... Are those the moments and the and the feelings that we call upon when we find ourselves challenged by life? Is that why it's important to connect with others, I guess, and to establish that we are we are loved and we are meaningful and
2: you know valued? Um every human is on this earth seeking human connection. Hmm. That that's why we're here. We want human connection. And when we are able to get that human connection through our imperfections, then it's a, this, such this authentic connection that makes us feel so safe. And then it allows us to be our best because we know that all these people around us, if we get it wrong, they're still there for us. They don't mm. love us because we're perfect. In that moment, Brandon realised that people don't love and care for me because I'm good at running on the wing. <laughs> they love and care for me because of who I am. And then that allows him to show up all of him good mm. bad ugly you know mm. fun not fun whatever and you know when we feel that connection with someone else the safety we get from that to move forward and 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 actually show up with the best of us is so powerful it's it's unbelievable and i really see that the generations, younger generations are starting to get this, Mm. but we still often find ourselves in jobs with managers who see that they have to be perfect and they have to be right and they have to have all all the answers and they have to know everything. And so it's so hard to connect with them because we're too scared to get it wrong. Mm. They're trying to be right. When we get it wrong, we retreat rather than have another crack at it. They feel that they've got to tell us how to do everything and it's just wrong. It's just mm. not working. But I think also even in our own families. Oh, yeah.
0: So many of us keep parts of ourselves from the the people that should be our closest. Yeah. You know, because of the fear of embarrassment or shame or if yeah. I if they know this about me, they can't love me.
2: Absolutely. You know,
0: Yeah, and the first step surely towards accepting yourself is being able to say it out loud and seeing... Reflected back to you, love mm. and acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. You
1: no, know, it's just like when I was younger, I used to say so when I, I used to walk to school from the flats, but I used to walk the long way past houses and all that, just so if my mates seen me, they wouldn't see me coming from the flats because I was so embarrassed. But, you know, if I hadn't known what I know now, you know, I mm. would have just accepted like that's where I live, this is where I come from. I you know, you're gonna yeah. love me for me, not because I live here. So
2: once we've allowed ourselves to, and, and people get this vulnerability slightly wrong in the workplace. Like, you know, Brandon shared the story of his upbringing. He knows those boys very well. It's a very, um, they've earned the right to hear that story for him. You know, mm. they've put years into that. Right. When w- When we turn up to a workplace and think, oh, my way to get a promotion here is to tell them that I had this struggle in my childhood, ah, yeah. is not what we're Talking about, maybe in the workplace, the vulnerability sounds like, oh, I really screwed that up. God, you know, I just had that meeting and I, um, you know, I was so petrified that they would, you know, that I wouldn't be able to deliver that information. Sure enough, I went in there and not deliver that information. Owning that, you know, that I did that wrong, but I'm still okay. I'm still mm. good at this job and I'm mm. still worthy of you, you know, thinking I'm good at this job and connecting with me and and supporting me is a nice place to start. So we have on some level we see, you know, stories like Brandon's got a lot of attention and so we think, oh, that's what it's got to look like. Yeah. You know, it just looks like actually having the courage to say, mm, I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah. Sorry. Um, you know, I'm in a meeting and someone says, what's that? I don't know the answers to that question, but I'll go and find it out.
0: So if you are working through change, maybe it is a loss of a job and all the grief and sense of loss that comes with that. Here's a mindfulness exercise that we believe may help you.
2: I like to make the exercises connected to the guest. So we are going to talk about gratitude so I had gratitude wrong for a long time um, and I was a little bit angry at gratitude um, <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, Oprah's always like keep, yeah, gratitude journal and I'm like, mm. I'm not a big journaler. I don't like journaling and I just am like, I, I couldn't see the connection and what the big fuss was about and I sort of was digging my toes in. Well, what? why can't you have, be happy without gratitude? I really mm. didn't get it. And that and I tell you what I didn't get. And we're not. This exercise is not anything as formal as the other ones. It's more just sort of encouraging gratitude. Because what where people are going wrong with gratitude is we've all most people have heard keep a gratitude journal mm. in the morning. Mm. Yeah, write three things mm. down that you're grateful, grateful for, for, and it will change your life. So people write down fresh water, house over my head, and you know, the family. And then they go, oh, I don't want to go to work today. God, I hate that. <laughs> like I've got that horrendous no. meeting. And and what we are trying to do with gratitude is we're trying to get into the feelings of gratitude. So we are trying to when we get into the feel let's let's talk it through for Brandon as a, as an athlete. So he wakes up in the morning, he's been dropped. He doesn't want to go to training. He's a bit embarrassed. He's like, what if I don't get in team now? I've got to train with the VFL boys and I'm going to feel disconnected and blah, 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 blah. And then he sits and he does today's exercise, which is gratitude. Now he can do that by writing in his journal. He can do that by closing his eyes and genuinely imagining something he's grateful for thinking about something grateful for he can do that by holding his cup of coffee and and being grateful for every step that got to that coffee being in his cup whether it's the person who planted the tree and watered the tree and but what he has to do is he has to get in the feelings of gratitude and that's a a real shift in feeling, isn't it? You can feel it. Sometimes it nearly brings tears to your eyes, doesn't it, when you do it properly? You know, it it gets to the point where I nearly want to cry because, oh, my gosh, I'm so grateful Will is alive. Mm. I'm so grateful that, you know, we haven't lost our house. And I can feel that in the very core of me and for me I get there by closing my eyes and seeing pictures and, and like telling running a movie in my head. How do you how do you get there? what's your grateful me,
1: I um, I just try and do um things for other people. Like whether it's, you know, I'm gonna get coffee and then I just shout around in person their coffee and that they, they don't know about it or um, Where they, you know, little kids send their footy cards to the club, and I'll I make sure I sign them, and always send them back off to them, or you know, I'll just take my time out of my day if the kids we want to get a photo, or just this is little things that I do to for other people to make them make them feel good. Yeah, that's how I get my. So
2: when he's in the act of like replying to that kid or buying some of coffee, it's coming from a place I'm so grateful to have that mm. that it makes me uh-huh. want to reply, right? And so what that means is when Brandon then gets in the car and goes to training, he's in a different energy He's running different thoughts and different feelings and he steps out of that car and now he turns up at the club differently, he trains differently, the coaches look at him differently and then he's got more chance of getting back in the team. So I'm connecting today gratitude to performance. Mm. So when I get into the feelings, I'm about to do a presentation I want to do and I just pause and I'm in the car about to get out of the car to do that presentation and I'm nervous and I don't wanna do it and Mm. I don't think I'm good enough. And I start thinking about the people that will still love me, even if I screw this up. Mm. And I'm so grateful for them. And I'm so grateful that I have their love and I have their unconditional love and that it's not connected to what I'm about to do right now. That feeling shifts in me. And I walk in there in a completely different, my posture is different. My face is different. My energy is different. Because I'm now in gratitude. So let's list the ways that you can try it. Writing in a journal, but really not just three things I'm grateful for. I'd rather you write about one thing and actually tap into what it really means Mm. to you. It can be after Will's accident, I picked up a stone at the Royal Children's Hospital and I kept it in my pocket. And when I held that stone, I started really connecting to what we do still have, what is still good going on. And I would get into those feelings. You can... Have a practice where you close your eyes and imagine, or you can use your shower time in the morning to just run through a series of things that you're grateful for. But you must challenge yourself to get into the feelings. I would also challenge you to do it at the start of the day Mm. so that you are putting yourself in that energy for the day. So if you're like, I'm not a morning person, exactly. So Mm. you carry that horrendous energy Mm. because you're not a morning person into your first meeting that then the meeting doesn't go well because you're in a bad energy. Then it's now in your second conversation and your third phone call and blah, 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 blah. We're trying to change today so it doesn't look like yesterday that wasn't so good. Mm. So I'd like you to pick a moment and it doesn't have to be a long moment, does it? No. And that this is a moment that I give some sort of gratitude practice but I'm getting into the feelings of gratitude.
0: I think the key there too is the pause, mm-hmm. you know, giving it the time that it needs time. to actually feel it. Yes. And sometimes, some days you're in a state where it's going to take some time to feel yep. it. Like mm-hmm. you might be just in such, <laughs> yeah. you know, so shitty about whatever's going on in your life. Yeah. You just have to actually pause and recognise yeah. that you're feeling that way. Let it go, yep, and give it the time to feel it.
2: Yeah, on the weekend I had to work really hard on this. I was what you know struggling, and really went okay. I got to go to gratitude, and I had to see it. and literally go searching. Mm. Like I'm just going to go searching for something. And I had to find the tiniest little thing and then I just had to sit on that Mm. and really connect on that and I had to keep fighting these things that are like, "Well, that's nothing, you know, and I Mm. had to really work hard on it. I didn't just write in a journal, you know, I'm grateful for my cash.
1: Another great way... What I do as well is you think of one of your friends or a family member and send them a text message of why you love them and what you're grateful for yeah. about them and just watch the response that you no, get. Brandon, and, you've got me, um, yeah. You know, and, yeah. Then that, and then that just instantly like their message like back is obviously going to be yeah something pretty cool Aww. and it just makes you feel better, makes mm. them feel awesome, and then it just changes your mindset so quick. And there you go. You're smart. It's funny because at Richmond music, that's yeah. commonplace
2: for us, right? right. Remember yeah. the time where. Shorty got a message back from his friend who thought he'd had a terminal, you know, illness. <laughs> yeah. you know, like because it's like, why what, what are are you, you tell me? you love me. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, funny.
2: Um, but you know, I was driving yesterday, and my car beeped, and uh, and I, I waited till I got home to open mm. it, and it was from an athlete that said, "I love you. You're one of my greatest friends. Thanks mm. for everything you do." And it was like, "Oh, can we have mm. more of that in mm. the life, please?" I agree. Can yeah, we all, all right. <laughs> okay, can we have our listeners right now? Just today, stop. Yes. Send a text, a phone call, something to someone. That's you know, mm. and just say, "I love you." Or this is what I mm. love about you, or this is what you bring to my life. Yeah. Sounds corny, but. Oh, oh it's wonderful. It feels feels so it's, it's so feels powerful. It's so powerful, Brandon. Mm. You're right.
0: Yeah. Brandon, thank you so much for sharing your story. We're very grateful to you. Oh, yeah, thank you for much. I loved it. Superstar. Em, thank you so much. Yeah, that was awesome. In our next episode, Em and I are going to have a special COVID-19 conversation, not just to find ways to manage all the challenging emotions that we're feeling right now, which are considerable, I'm sure you'd agree, Em. Yeah,
2: yeah, and changing daily, (laughs) minute, minute by minute.
0: Yes, but we're going to go a step further with the conversation and learn how can we use this time to discover who we really are and what lights us up and how we can take it into whatever the next stage is for us all. Yeah. That's next time on Best of You in the House of Wellness. Best of You in the House of Wellness was created and presented by me, Joe Stanley, and Emma Murray. Produced by Alex Mitchell. Sound production by Matt Nikolic. For more episodes, head to houseofwellness.com.au or search Best of You in the House of Wellness.
2: Listener.